Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Duh. <sighs> What's your life? Hey, y'all. Welcome. Back to the program. Right. Well, this this week. I feel like my news is very chill this week. This really, like, one thing... That I literally just remembered as soon as we started recording, which I was like, I'm gonna tell Delaney. Yep. I'm gonna tell Delaney this. (laughs) I'm gonna tell Katie this before we start recording. And then I didn't remember to just now. And I'm like, well, it's the news. The news is Classically Black has officially leveled up. You know, we have gotten a couple of like people offering to give us advanced copies of books that are coming out. Are you kidding? No. (laughs) I was just gonna ask you if you wanted one. There's one that's in. That slipped through the cracks, and I was like, I don't know if there, there wasn't a deadline on it, so I could probably email them back and see. But there's another one we just got today. Of, it's a Florence Price book. Girl, book. yeah, put it in the mail. I know. I was like, I'm see. I'm like, can we get two? <laughs> but there's another one that I um that like you can get that one because there's another one. There's three total. One of them looks weird, and like that one. That's the one that I haven't responded to yet because I was like, I feel like that's it. Looked. I was like. It was the first one that we got, and I was like giving scam. But then we got <laughs> some more, and I was like, maybe we just maybe we just moved our way up the list. Her, right? Um, I want mean, to, I want to, I want to diversify my book collection. Every time I go to buy books, my problem is every time I go to buy books, they're also on Z Library, and I just download them from there. And I know that's not good, but like you know, I mean, books are expensive. Yeah, they are, which is why I'm just trying to avoid buying them because I really don't like online books. Like I, just, they don't hold me. I, feel I, like can, if, I can see that. Yeah, I'm much more likely to finish a book if I have it physically than online. But I be on Book Talk and they be dropping so many books that sound so interesting. I just I want to read it now, you know. So mm. I just go download it and read it. And also, like, because I read so much on my phone, there's so many physical books I'm so behind on. There was one book that Kid Fury recommended. I read, like, the first chapter of it, and I haven't been back to it. Um, and then I bought Yvonne Orji's book. I haven't cracked it open. And we know about the Obamas. So, meanwhile, books on my phone get finished. So, oh, I got to. But, yeah, let me add to my little um collection. You know, the Obamas be over there, like, kind of lonely. So, I need some company. <laughs> there's other books there's other books over there but you know what I mean yeah bro I was like okay making it period um, next will be um story time right what was I gonna say and then my other, I felt like we should just I didn't want to add on to this but I wanted, just wanted to take the time at the beginning um of the news to talk about the opera that I saw oh, yeah um like i mentioned twice before i went to new york uh to the mets i had never been to the met before it's my first and i won't say only because they okay. are doing um <laughs> they are doing the Malcolm x opera in 2023 so i might be back at the met we'll see um it was my first time at the met my first time in new york city since i was like eight maybe um it was very stressful um because <laughs> new york city is a lot it's, it's so, i cannot believe i wanted to live there I think I laughed about it constantly. I would I would have not liked it. 
I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, And I realized, like, of course, realizing, like, places are different from, like, how people perceive them. Because I I meet a whole bunch of people that their perception of L.A. is not my experience living there. But, like, that's literally what's anything. Like, I realize for y'all, New York, who punch in the air, listening to this, like, (laughs) you know, there's different parts of it. I'm still okay. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, but, yeah, I went to see Fire Shut Up In My Bones, which is the first um, opera by a black composer ever at the Mets by Terrence Blanchard. Um, And, wow. First of all, my memory is terrible. And not that it wasn't memorable, but, like, literally just because it was actually very memorable but literally just in general my memory is very terrible so i really wish that katie could have seen it so that we could like mm. back and I forth I, there's no way schedule-wise yeah. i could make it work yeah um so that we could back and forth but yeah there's there's a lot there was a lot happening um basically if you don't know this was based off of um the memoir fire shit up in my bones by charles and blow who's a journalist and a writer. So he has a New York Times column, all kind of things. Um, and it's kind of just like about his uh, about his life growing up in Gibsland, Louisiana, um, and going to college and his just his coming of age in particularly as it pertains to his masculinity um, uh, growing up. So that's the basis of the opera. Um, and it was a, it was very black which was great it was um there are parts of it that were very very sad very tragic um and I guess since it's an opera there's not really any spoilers because it's not like oh you're gonna watch this later it's like if you don't have a ticket you're not watching it so um (laughs) um but it was also actually very it was actually very funny there was a lot um there was a lot of humor in it um and I feel like I just don't even know where to begin because like I feel like I'm not going to spend too much time here because it's not a discussion it's just me talking monologuing so um there was one thing one like very very black thing that happened in the opera was that they depicted him um when he was online for his fraternity I was going to ask you what is he a kappa like I wasn't I was wondering mm-hmm. yeah he's a kappa um like like what do you mean like in real life is he a kappa mm-hmm yeah yeah he's a kappa um because the whole thing is like is yeah the whole thing is like kind of what went on with him um and so he's a kappa and so there was a part where this is actually at the very beginning of act three let me not let me add a part at a portion of the opera (laughs) 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 um he was um online and it was depicting them um, strolling. So for those of y'all don't know, I was gonna ask Katie to jump in and explain. Not jump in and explain what strolling is. How do I explain strolling? Strolling is when like you are in a line with your with your sores or your frats and you you do like a dance, but it's like it, you're in a straight line. Well, not a, yeah, you're in a straight line. And you do a, basically, I don't want to call it a line dance, but it's like every every chapter has their strolls that they do, and like some some sororities have like a sorority right wide stroll, like uh like one that they're famous for, like I know Ashley Rose are famous for Shake That Monkey, Shake Your Monkey, whatever. 
but like it's like you're just in a line you're doing dance like a dance but it was just a simple dance or mm-hmm. simple it's not like you're not like doing the splits and don't jump out there it's this was, was one of the parts i just never i've never had to explain <laughs> see explain i was what a stroll was <laughs> i was just like all i know is i know that not everybody listening is gonna know what it is and two i feel like katie can explain it better than i can oh um, so. like cultural rules about like you should never break a line and if you're not in the sorority you do not join this the i remember that did you do you remember that video that was going the, around those Twitter? videos <laughs> make me cringe there's so many of them where people just be like and like especially like i feel like it's very clear that this is a very specific thing going on that's what i'm saying like it's really weird or like people who people who and i don't know like when you're outside of when you're outside of anything it doesn't seem like such a big deal because it's like whatever like it's just like a thing but it's just like when you're in it it's like people who like mimic strolls or mimic calls or mimic hand signs this is like this is something specific to the people who are in it, you know, and it's just like, you see some girl jumping on the end of a line because it looks cool. It's like, what are we doing? What are yeah, we it's doing? like, it's not giving Cupid Shuffle. Like, that's not what's that's happening. Not what, yeah, <laughs> it's not what's happening at all. Um, and I actually, there was a part in the playbill um, about like, that was dedicated to like black sororities and fraternities and I meant to read it um, before this because it was very dark in there so I couldn't read it. But, um, um, because I, I really wanted to know kind of what the process was behind that, you know, behind them being able to depict that in the opera. Like, I know that they had to get approval from the fraternity, but I want to know, like, because, I mean, it's not unheard of. There are plenty of people in classical music that are in are in Divine Nine, like, fraternities and sororities. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe they found some cappers that were opera singers to be <laughs> in the thing. Because I don't remember them, like singing you know yeah um so they might not they might not have been but they might have been real kappas i don't know they have the thing is i would be hard pressed i mean and maybe that's like if it was su i'll feel way more passionate about it but i would be hard pressed to believe that those weren't real kappas like i would i like to the point where i'm like 99 percent sure that those are real kappas because the way the d9 is very protective of and of the respect of organizations you can't just put letters on you know so it's just like i don't think will liverman who was the who played charles blow is a kappa he had letters on so maybe maybe there was some sort of that's why because i heard some bubbling about kappas being mad about that and i would be mad about that I will be mad about people wearing sg row letters if you're not an sg row just because like especially if I think about like how sororities are de- depicted, like particularly like black sororities, like on, on a different world, they just have random. Like, you could just you could just throw three Greek letters together and make and make a random. But also, that's a fictional story. Like I get what you're saying. Yeah, I understand. I, I understand, but I just that for me, if it was SU, I'll I'll be very offended. I'll, I'll be very offended. Maybe, I know from the outside, it's like what offended for what, but it's just like when you really care about an organization, you put your life into that organization. It's just it's just different. It's just it's different. But I don't know. Maybe that's why people in Cap uh, Cap Alpha Psi were upset about that. I would be upset about it. But also, you don't know they that I'm sure they hopefully I'm not sure. Hopefully they went through nationals because there's they're you know they're nonprofit organizations, so they have like senior leadership. So. Hopefully they went through senior leadership and and got that cleared. 
Especially because, yeah, I'm sure that they something happened because, I mean, this was, like, Charles Blow is, like, in his, like, he's around. He's, like, in his 50s and stuff. So, I feel like he he had to probably be a part of the process of them getting cleared. I'm sure that they were real Kappas. I, I just don't think that, I just don't think that the the lead um, in the opera was a Kappa. And so, if he was, I mean, I'm not the one to regulate, you know, um, but maybe for the sake of him telling his story authentically, maybe they at least gave that one dude. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know, I don't want, I don't know, I don't know about, I, I don't know nothing about the organization, but yeah. Um, yeah. I feel kind of weird about that, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, for the sake of the story, I feel like if it, I would feel sad for him if that was important for him to depict like the role the organization played in his life and he wasn't able to do that I understand especially considering how like very tragic the story was Mm -hmm. um and the fact that that was actually one of the positive things that kind of brought like structure to his life Mm -hmm. after going through something very traumatic I would like it I mean of course it could be in the program or whatever but it would also I feel like was a very positive de- depiction of the fraternity mm-hmm. and i know that that don't like make it 100 percent okay but um i feel like the direction that that gave him and the positivity that that kind of that that brought into his life while he was recovering from something um traumatic was something that i'm, I'm glad that that the fraternity was able to get credit for Mm-hmm. and now in the opera but anyway the whole reason why i brought that up was because that was actually one of the one of the scenes in the entire opera that actually made me a little bit uncomfortable and i'll tell you why so i don't know how you would describe the the like feeling of watching people stroll like it's not like we're watching a symphony play and we can't have any like it's not like that I feel like there's a lot it's high energy and stuff and like they're you know it's it's something to watch Mm. but one thing I feel like I wouldn't describe it as is funny people are laughing what made me uncomfortable is that there were white people in the audience laughing I don't like that I don't I didn't okay I wanted to run it past you because Because I was like funny thank you that's what's, what i was like this i'm like about th- men who had to find their own organizations because they were in a lot of white spaces like i was like this isn't a like a like it's not an act you oh, know i don't like that <laughs> i feel I don't like, like that. And, and and so i felt like they weren't and i feel and there was a little bit of that as well and a little bit less but still some of it and the, there was a church thing and it was a Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church. You know, it's going to be a lot going on. I of course, they like were that. they were um, they were shouting, which in, in church, not like shouting. But if y'all don't know, in church, shouting is like you you would know it if you saw it. It's like they're kind of like like I don't even know how to explain shouting, <laughs> but look it up. Um, of like look up what shouting is in like a Baptist in a church in general, a black church. But like when they were shouting and stuff, and they had you know the the big the robes and stuff, and like there was a little bit of that too. And I'm like, for that scene, I was like, maybe it's that, like, when you see something, you don't know how to react to it. You kind of, like, have a nervous laugh. But it just was kind of, like, I don't know, I've been in synagogue, and I never laughed when I went to synagogue before. So I'm I'm just, I don't like that. Yeah. 
I feel like that was in one. Hebrew, and I never laughed, not once. So I'm confused. yeah. I don't that, like that. Yeah, I really did not. I because like there was some like there was a lady like I think one over from me who she was really into whenever strolling she was like eh, like she was really into it but I'm like this isn't like she started shimmy into see now we got no yeah we got problems because that's not like inviting everybody to do that that's something that is specific to the Kappas and what they do and how they do they thing I don't. Which I think that's why, and I think they, I think they probably had a little bit of foresight on that, which is why they put that part in the playbill about the black fraternities and sororities and like their importance and stuff. But I feel like people still weren't taking it as seriously. Like that's why, yeah, that's why I had to. I was like, I feel like I just need to, I need to voice that, that that was one of the few times and in the, in the um, opera that I felt, I felt uncomfortable because I it just. It just didn't feel right. I don't like that because we invited you into our stuff that y'all be stealing anyway. And we invited you into this space and you're laughing at it. And yeah, I feel like, I feel like it was like y'all misinterpreting like what this is supposed to be. Like, I'm just like, this isn't like, they're not like performing a, like an act. Like, I feel like it's a very, I understand like it's a, it's a cultural thing, but like I don't know. I just feel like the the will the willingness and like the ease that people like y'all take our culture so like it's just something like to be like everything is all fun and games. Yeah, like fun. yeah, yeah, and it's like this is also something that is like highly respected in the black community. Like so, I don't know, girl. I forget well, my so- my sophomore year at ISU. At Illinois State, we I took this ethnomusicology class, and it was required because Delaney doing that thing. It was literally required, <laughs> and she did this. Um, first of all, so she's from Ghana, and so she made us do like all these like movement exercises and like games from Ghana. And of course, I was in the class with like all white people, so there was kind of like a a jokey jokeness to it that I just never liked. Like I never liked it. And it's just like, I also really, okay, so she did a lot. She needs to do a lot, just in general. But I also always respected her because this was so early in my musical career and like way different Katie than I am today that I just really respected and kind of envied her openness for for like expressing her culture in in this space, you know, like especially like, I think conservatories have a little bit of an advantage because there are just more black people there. Like, I feel like when you come to state schools, it, it's hit or miss. It's like, this depends. Like, Memphis is, looks completely different than ISU does. And I just, I kind of envied her for that because, like, she was just, like, sharing her heritage in a way that I've never, like, I was Jamaican at home. You know, I would never do that. And that's why, like, at the end, when I did my final project, I taught a Jamaican, like, rock passing game. And I use my I I spoke in my accent because she really like empowered me to okay she really empowered me to like you know be comfortable in that way and one of the things that we had to do we took a this weekend trip <laughs> to like we went to all of these different like worship places so like we went to we left on like we were there for a minute I think people were kind of irritated because they wanted to stay home and practice but we left on Friday and we like. We went to, like, have dinner at this 
like um at a mosque we went to have dinner at a mosque and then they had like religious um activities after and it's just like it was like a balance of like watching my peers was a balance of like this makes me really uncomfortable so i'm gonna just like laugh through it and i'm like this is a religious this is a place of worship you know and it's like i'm uncomfortable so i'm just gonna like try to have fun it's like it's like yes you want to get into it but it's like you have to respect the fact that like people are here worshiping you know and then even like the um <laughs> seeing all those white people going to that we went to a church on the south side of chicago and seeing all these white people be so uncomfortable i was like girl i'm right at home we could stay a little bit longer we didn't even say the whole time because of timing and stuff like that but um the approach to these spaces that we i feel like we as black people don't do i feel like because we're so used to being othered and like not taken seriously i feel like anytime we're in spaces like that like we it's never like a ha 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 type thing like i said like growing up evanston i've been to a synagogue before i was never like whoa this is hilarious why are you talking like that right tee hee like you, yeah i don't know yeah anyway yeah so that was something i was just like i feel like i, I felt the need to share that especially just like i was just very surprised the amount like what do you anyway. i'm so confused i'm i'm, I'm picturing cappuccini in my head what's funny about that like it's like it's exciting it's like it's a, yeah it's exciting there's a lot of energy but it's not like just like cappuccini is going to be fine like nah. okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like not trying to act like cat williams is up there like what are, what are, like what's what's funny i would have been looking around looking stupid i'm like what's funny yeah um this is why i feel like i, I could never be a, like a critic or something because i feel like i gotta watch stuff like mo- like i had to be have been i would have had to be taking note taking notes if <laughs> if i was gonna go through all of this um on the show um but i'm excited to hear you know what other people that saw it um thought about it um i thought it was it was very like very layered like i said it had a lot of um i i laughed much more than i thought i would because there were parts that were funny that were meant to be funny um and um also some parts that were really sad and some parts that was really black um i think i actually you know i'm a crybaby so i was like tearing up within the first like maybe five minutes of opera because they had just had like the people like they were setting up the first scene and it was just like little black kids like riding around on their bikes and playing and stuff and i was just like we're at the freaking met bro like what is you know like it was just like and that that happens literally whenever i see an an ensemble with like a majority black musicians or black cast or whatever like that happens every time like gateways always cheering up at gateways like it just any anything like that because it was just really just like black people living you know mm-hmm. that was kind of like what the opening the opening scene was um and yes yeah, so i'm just really happy that i got that i got the chance to see it and i'm really happy that um that you know for the most part we got to share um that culture and like bring i feel like the matt first of all y'all ain't never seen outfits like this before there was so much more color in the um in the audience both in terms of melanin and just like outfits and just everything like there were so many black people there um it was just like i sent katie <laughs> there was a guy with his full omega sci-fi yeah, i know that's right like <laughs> like sweater on and i was just like there these are there are people here that probably would have never mm-hmm. 
cared what was going on at Lincoln Center Plaza, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and people like me that flew six hours to get to see this opera, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah. Shout out to Terrence Blanchard and I don't know how to say her name. It's either Cassie or Cassie, um, who did who did the libretto. Um, and the entire cast um, was very, very good. So, yeah. What's my little two cents on the opera? Hope it goes somewhere next so that Katie can see it. Yeah, I wonder if, um, I wonder if, like, how long the the Met owns the rights to it. Uh, like, are they gonna do it again, or you know, and how long do they own the rights so that other companies can do it? Do they own the rights at all? Like, I'm curious. Oh, see, I don't know how none of that works. I did hear that the Met never does one off performances mm. like i was talking to somebody after and she was saying that like they always bring stuff back okay um i guess it'll be after comeback, right labo m 70 right. <laughs> right parking best this year um what else um your dj and whatever else they got oh madama butterfly stuff like that all that's happening this year um but it'll probably it'll probably be after twenty twenty three when they do the Malcolm X opera, so probably twenty forty seven or something yeah, like that. Gotta, gotta give it some time. Yeah, air it, air it out. I'm saying, man, we both. Um, yeah, that's my two cents. Tell you, I mean, they. I, it's because they don't really care about black people. Why they, why they don't care that black people will come support things that is important are important to them. Um, one of my favorite ballet dancers ever, Michaela de Prince. Um, she was principal dancer at the the Dutch National Ballet, but now she she's moved to the Boston Ballet. And it's like the way that I'm trying to figure out when I'm finna go see her. It's like that matters. Like she's a principal dancer at a major ballet company, and she's black. Um, stuff it matters. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a TikTok today. Um, there's so many ways you could put these into words why it matters, but it's just like, you know, people have to say like, why do you have to make it about race, which is really dismissive because literally we're in America, everything's about race. There's literally there's not one thing that's not about race in this. I can't think of one thing that's not about race. Literally every every single thing is about race. You like sugar in your grits, racially motivated. You go to Walmart, racially motivated. You like soft shell tacos versus hard shell tacos racially motivated like everything is about race every single thing I don't care you, I would that's a hill I would die on Scorpio Moon says that I would die <laughs> on that hill um but this girl was talking about how like when you don't have to think about race it's a privilege like the fact that like obviously I can go see Alvin Ailey but if I, w- if I want to go see freaking Slippin' Beauty I shouldn't have to go across the country to see a black girl do it you know I shouldn't have to go see Michaela the Prince or Missy Copeland do it. I should be able to go see it everywhere, so I don't have to think about it. I shouldn't have to think about like, oh, like I want to go see a black opalist. Let me let me go drive three and a half hours to Nashville. I shouldn't have to do that. So it's just like it's a privilege for you not to have to think about, oh, don't make it about race. Like, I'm, congrats, everything's white, hooray, except for like the Target ad once a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's annoying. Like, anyway, um, but I'm glad that black people went to that and they got to be seen and they got to see themselves in a, sp- in a place like that and and even though one thing I will say my last thing about this is that it was although 
you know, I, I was kind of dancing around it. Um, but basically he, he was abused as a, as a child. So there was obviously some parts that were very, very sad, but what I liked about it was also, like I said, in the beginning, like you were able to just see like black life. It wasn't about like the hand of oppression that, you know, like, cause it was definitely about, you know, they were in freaking Louisiana in like the sixties or something (laughs) like, so, you know, it definitely could have been about that, but I like that they showed layers and they showed, um, uh, some dimension, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to his life and, and to the characters. Um, sorry I was just thinking about the fact that his his mom uh went almost shot his dad and the girl that he was cheating with like there was a lot going on there was a lot you know thank you I was like (laughs) it was it was very funny but um but I like that because so where I'm the opera here where I'm at was doing there I saw that they're doing a black opera this season Mm. and I was like oh period I'm gonna go see this and I went to see see the synopsis and it was like black family but then their son is murdered by the police I was like see actually I'm okay I was (laughs) like I'm more than fine and I was like dang that's the only black opera going this season I'm like I can turn on the news I don't need to hear y'all sing that like so I I appreciated you know having some some variety um and and not all of our stories being 100% about our suffering mm-hmm. and stuff and it's just like how the film industry is like kind of moving that way like people are begging like please stop the black trauma stuff like please like can we get be superheroes can we be something and you know unfortunately it's just gonna take time like we're finally getting seen and now it's just gonna be like seen doing what yeah because i feel like and there's also so many different ways to tell stories like that like there's a piece going on here at the symphony in december joelle thompson is writing something based on the words of james baldwin and they're having a narrator come in like not everything like that still is along the lines of that message but like there's another way like to do that he brought a narrator and he's basing it on the text and of an Mm -hmm. activist and stuff like that like it don't always need to be get your hands up and all this kind of stuff like you know so i feel like and especially since classical music is so behind in this like black stories thing i feel like oh girl we gotta wait till 2047 i was about to say like i feel like they're in that trauma phase where it's just like trauma stories after trauma stories so really hoping that there i think there are enough well there are a lot of creators right now who are of our generation who are already succeeding that stuff and so are bypassing that the thing is y'all need to make sure that you're platforming them and playing yeah, this stuff that's the, that's the thing so um yeah but we'll see i mean the, the good thing about us having happier um more joy-centered stories in um 3047 okay is that by then the Met will be like you know how like have you been to like um when you can you, can uh, you whatever you're about to I, say no I haven't been there you ha- I was gonna ask when you went to Hawaii did your um did your like resort did it have like you know those swim up resort okay well anyway okay I, the one and only time I said a resort in Jamaica was it had like a swim up bar thing where like if you're in the pool like you could just swim up to it but by Thirty forty seven. That's exactly how the Mets gonna be in December. A swim up opera. Yeah, you could imagine, right? You swim at the Lincoln Center, 
Well, water you gonna be swimming in? I don't know. Yeah, but your bottom half probably gonna be missing when you get out. You know, <laughs> right? I was about to say. Your bottom half burn off by time. But anyway, you swim up to yeah. it, you get your drink, and then you just wade while you listen to the opera. And then you do a handstand and walk home on your hands. <laughs> you got no bottom half. You don't have to. Because after that all, that flood, I saw a rat doing some somersaults in the water. I was like, okay. I didn't even know rats could swim. I'm like, nah. I forgot New York was on an island. I'm like, y'all screwed, huh? I mean, no offense. Like, y'all be great. Great city. Great people. I'm just saying, like, I forgot it was on an island. I don't, I, I don't understand how all that stuff, all that, like, electrical stuff got wet. And nothing blew up. That's how you know New York's not real. Okay. Maybe every time I went there, it was a fever dream. Yeah. Yep. Sure, that's it. I knew the moment I knew New York wasn't for me was when I met Jasmine for lunch after an audition I had at a school there, and we met in Brooklyn. And I was like, "Let me drive you home." Jasmine, Jasmine's from from Queens. She's like, Katie, you cannot drive me home. I'm like, girl, I'm gonna drive you home. Like, I feel bad, like, leaving you. Like, I came in the car, you gotta get on the train. Like, why not just drive you home? So I'm like, I'm badgering her. She's like, okay, just drop me off at the edge of Queens. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but okay, girl. Delaney, when I tell you, it took me, I'm not even, like, you know, I'm speaking hyperbole. I'm being completely serious. It took me an hour and a half to get, no, yeah about an hour and a half to get from the edge of Queens all the way back through Brooklyn whatever through to Manhattan to go over to go uh through Lincoln Tunnel to get back to uh to first of all I had to get I don't even know where I was to get back to mainland New York so I can go and mind you I had a two-hour drive back to Elmira because I was subbing for this orchestra out there girl I said I cannot. I cannot live it. Not only can y'all y'all don't drive here. Everything is public transportation. I wasn't. I wasn't raised like that. I don't like walking. I don't like doing none of that stuff. Besides that, you can't even drive here without just sitting around. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I take public transportation, but New York public transportation is a different situation. Did you take the subway when you were there? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You not. did it? No. Blech. I'll be damn straight to hell. I'm sorry, and I take the bus. I take the bus regularly. I take the bus. I take the train. All this, and you know, but New York is a different situation. It's not even just the rats. It's also <laughs> the stuff you be seeing that's happening on the subway is just different. It's different. The stuff that be going on on the subway there, they be like, oh, in New York, tee hee. I'm like, ain't nothing tee hee about this. <laughs> ain't nothing tee hee about this. It be crazy stuff. First of Crazy. All, I'm to confi- okay, mm-hmm. I understand you said you said in New Jersey, so I understand like you took it to the Port Authority. That I understand. I've done that a couple times because my uncle stays in in New York, in New Jersey. How'd you get around? I didn't go nowhere. We went to E right there near and within walking distance of the place, and that's what we did. I was only in New York for a day. Oh, so you had to stay around like a center. Yeah. Oh, we went to went eat back? before we went to eat after and then we went back to new jersey how'd you get to new jersey on the the train Mm-mm, i took an uber oh that's hilarious <laughs> it wasn't that expensive either because at first we were gonna take the train yeah and that train is nice that's not like yeah it's, a, it's like it's not even like it's like a nice train 
yeah, I was I was gonna take that train. Also, yeah, I'm very low energy. I don't really need to go see nothing. I don't, <laughs> um, especially like with only a day. Like I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. And New York is so packed. Like I don't. I want to move around as little as possible. Um, I just don't like how condensed it is. And I and I've heard people say the opposite. Like people who prefer New York don't like how spread out LA is. I prefer it. I got. I'm like I'm already. We gotta get on a plane later this week, and I'm just like, the last time I've been through an airport, I hope I don't have a heart attack. Like I, I, I'm so not used to. We spent 18 months not moving around. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my god, I'm so out of shape. Um, just from day to day life, we go to campus and even I'm like, ooh, Chile. Oh girl, don't even get me started about getting from gate 75 to gate 139 and Newark Airport. Girl, I was a. Oh, you got phones in Newark? Oh, yeah, because it's a hub. Yeah. Girl, because... Yeah, because... The thing is, at least y'all are on big planes. Because when you do small planes, it's like Terminal A, and you gotta go to Terminal C, and the Terminal C is huge. Yeah, the Terminal C is massive. Girl, nah. And sometimes I'll be going there, I'll be like, oh, that's my uncle. How he gonna see me here? Where sometimes he do be like walking around, but it's like it's very rare that I will even see him because it's like so big. Mm-hmm. Damn, we that'd be crazy if you like walk past him or something. I ain't even seen no. Oh my god! Shout out to the doggy. All right, I want to go to bed. We should move on. <laughs> All right, so there's this um show that's very popular right now. It's called Squid Game. That was Squid Games, but um. Shout out to black people for adding that S. It's not. It's a good game. Um, I, knowing Katie, I knew I wasn't going to watch it and, because I'm a weenie. And but I, that didn't stop you from, what's the name? That one weird show. I was like, why would you watch that, Katie? The one with the lady where they had to be blindfolded? What are you talking with about? Sandra Bullock? The one with the girl, and I regretted it. Um, Bird Box or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was about to say A Quiet Place. That's not it. And that's what maybe it's a quiet place. No, it's it's bird box. A quiet place is the one with what's his name from the office. That's a totally different one. Yeah, I wasn't. And I, and I don't. Oh, huh. I was about to say, why would they need to be blindfolded for a quiet place? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Somebody described me the plot in detail, and oh. I'm okay. It was Yasmin because sometimes I could do that. Sometimes because especially when people are talking about stuff, and I, I also I there was something. And after that, it was my line where I don't listen to people tell me stuff is not that scary. I don't care what you think about it because <laughs> there's no way the things scare me. I'm a I am a weenie, and I feel like what what happened is because I consume so many so much content that's in real time. Like I love YouTube. I, the majority of my leisure time, I don't I pay for Netflix for no reason. Pay for Paramount Plus for no reason. Pay for Paramount Disney Plus because I wanted to watch SpongeBob. Oh girl, but SpongeBob is on Hulu sometimes. Is it? I was just watching it the other day. Hulu tired of me because I be canceling, re-uploading, canceling. Because I'm like, I don't even be watching Hulu. But I was like, I really want to watch Spongebob. I don't know why. Like, I just got an inkling to watch it. So, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to do Paramount Plus. And I guess. I'll see if I'll keep it. I don't know. Um, But I watch so much YouTube. I watch vloggers. I watch a lot of vloggers. I enjoy it. Um, So, I think when it comes to scripted stuff, I'd be too, I'd be, it just gets, my tolerance gets lower and lower. Anyway, I was very interested in Squid Game. It's very popular right now. It's a Korean um, TV show. And I know exactly what happened because I read the synopsis because I was very so, curious. 
as did I, because I just want to understand what y'all was talking about on Twitter. So, yeah. and now I do, and I didn't have to sit through it, and I don't have to sit through it, I don't have to watch it, and it's very like I, you, you, maybe if you watched it, you'll be like, Katie, there's nothing to be scared of. It's even outside of the blood and gore, which I don't mind, but I don't like. Yeah, it sounds sick. It just sounds okay. sick, and I feel like I'm gonna have nightmares based on something. Now yeah. I'm having a nightmare where I'm in Squid Game. I just I don't I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need them red people showing up in my apartment. I don't need none of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't need it. Um, not one of them. One of them is on my balcony. See, right I'm now. telling you, this picture. I can feel it. It's out one of them is outside, Delaney. Actually, I shouldn't even have said that. I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. You know, I'm just gonna I'm take be a looking melatonin. under my table. I'm taking a melatonin because I feel like they're outside my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I feel like Actually I feel like This is not a safe space Because people are listening to me Like what the heck Are y'all talking about I am a weenie I'm telling Katie you Katie and I both are That's why I can't Sit next to her Because <laughs> Katie Katie will Like if Okay if I'm feeling scared And something Like sudden happens to me That's gonna make it Even worse And Katie's the type To like slam into you like oh my god and that will oh my god that makes it so much worse oh to the point god. where i don't even want to be nowhere no, near because i feel no, like i'm i'm looking at something and i'm like oh my god it's gonna get me and then i feel something on the side of me a person and then i'm thinking it's the dude in the red suit but no it's katie <laughs> like i'm just so i want to work on that i i because it's honestly exhausting like there are i can't watch things without my one hand on the um on the control thing, the the time thing bar at the bottom. Yeah, of the, the progress bar. Progress yeah, that's bar. my best friend. Oh, girl, I can't watch nothing because I just watch you season three. Oh, see, it's, uh, it's good. And I'm, it's very, it is good. And I will say it's it is less scary than seasons one and two. But I still had to use the the progress bar at some point. I did because it's more predictable in terms of like there's not like jump scares in it. In, anymore because in in you in the other episodes and the other seasons it was like oh surprise something happened it wasn't it wasn't that although there were a couple times where i did i was having to use the progress bar and stuff but um in in comparatively it wasn't but i was you know I, the lion king is a little far from me so i'm telling you that one season zootopia i'm it's, it's deep i, I feel like say <laughs> i feel like this is a safe space and i don't need any judgment from you and i can feel it and judge lets you be judged, so mind your business. But in this Halloween season, you know I'm staying at the house, <laughs> girl. But you know I'm gonna I'm watch Hocus Pocus and mind my business. I mean, because people play too much. Ever since that year with the clowns, people going to clowns. I, I was like, y'all gonna make me start carrying a gun because <laughs> 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 because y'all play too much. Y'all play too much, and y'all gonna get the wrong one. Yeah, see, there was this one. This is one TikToker. This dude, <laughs> it's not funny. So it was like it was it was three black dudes in the aisle. One dude is like looking at he was already looking kind of frustrated because he was like in the in the tampon section in the pad section. You know his his girl done sent him there to get something. He looking at them. He was comparing them and stuff like that. And one dude goes up to him and hits him on the on the back. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, what are you touching me for? And he's like, oh, like I'm just saying, like I'm just saying, what's up? Yeah, but don't touch me. Da da da. He's like going. He's getting like upset or whatever. And the other dude come by and like hit him on the back too. He's like, "Why, why y'all touching me? Am I on that? Like, what you touching me for?" Da, da, da. He's trying to get riled up. But he's like, "No, I look on your back. Like, I just wanted to whatever." And it was like forty dollars. Like, some, they like put money on the on his back. Mm. He's like, "Thank you though, but don't touch me. Like, you got the wrong one. Don't touch me. Like, it's cool though, but that's y'all some weird stuff." It's like, 
y'all be doing this stuff you don't know where people's experiences are you don't know what they've been going through you don't know why he was so triggered by that don't mess with people it's not cute yeah. for some Touch views strangers. and now now you in a box for what you know um i'm done i was done with you i'm, I'm just gonna say it because season two has been out for so long I was done with you in like episode two or three where like he I was minding my business watching it oh and his finger just got cut off. Gosh. I was like, uh 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 because yeah. I didn't I felt very disrespected by that because there was no warning, there was no music, there was no build up, there was no nothing. Yeah. He just came up, he didn't have the money for the dude, he just took his finger off. I said, Uh uh-uh, uh, actually yeah. I don't need this in my life. Yeah. That was that I will say to the to this day that is by far the worst thing that's ever happened. Not the worst thing because like he's literally murdered people, but like you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Because <laughs> for the, the viewer. way it was so casual. It was just like and I know people yeah. who like like that kind of stuff, like doom and gloom. It's like it was so simple, like Katie Wheaton. Like, no, 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 I don't like the build up. There was no build up, there was no suspense or something. He just took his finger off. And I knew the scene, the way the scene was set up, I knew something was finna happen. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was gonna be that sudden. You thought like maybe okay, he's gonna buck up and then something. Yeah. But so how do you? Ca- and then also he's sick too because how do you casually cut someone's? F- no, I've never watched you since. And I was like, God, I was. You gotta watch. I absolutely the third not. season is better. Absolutely not. And you know, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I'm like, jumpy too. I'm telling you, that's by far the worst thing that's 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 happened on the show. And also for the viewer, like, the way that the the boy that plays the main character is very cute. However, there's He's only a regular white guy. <laughs> the way that you know I'm still adjusting to this whole there's only one door that separates me from the outside. I'm gonna see him standing outside my apartment, and I don't need that energy. I don't. I don't need that energy. So, anyway, Squid Game is uh, basically about um, there. There are these people in Korea that have these games. Um for people who are in like really serious debt so they're able to go to go compete i don't want to give anything away so they're able to go compete and the winner gets to um gets to get this absorbent amount of money it's like i think it's like somewhere around 30 million american dollars something like that and the stuff happens to the people that lose i'm not gonna say what even though you probably can deduce what it is um and yeah, so I asked Delaney um, to tell me if you had were to have your own Squid Game, we won't, we'll keep it very light. Like you, nothing will happen to you if you lose. You just get to go home, okay? All right. Well, so did the people on the show. They went home. Wasn't that crazy? And then yeah. no, I mean they went home. Oh, with the Lord. Oh, yeah, right. Oops. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Squid Game me out for a minute. I'm doing my best. Whatever. They died. Okay. Oh. They get killed when you lose the game. I mean, that's not really a spoiler spoiler. Because I feel really like. Yeah. yeah. Also, I can't believe you. I don't even get the concept of spoilers. I prefer to know what's going to happen. <laughs> it depends on what it is. If it's something I actually really like, I actually don't want to know what's going to happen. But, like, if it's, like, scary stuff, I, I need to know. I actually need to know so I can mm. be prepared. Um, but, oh, the, the thing that one of the main. There's many things that made Squid Game sick. And the only reason why I know is because, like I said, I read. I read the details analysis to every episode because I wanted to be included in a way yeah. that I could control. Um, and one of the six, one of the many six things about it is the fact that they are competing playing children's games. So if you if you don't if you haven't been paying attention but you've seen like this red light green light thing, they do stuff like that. That's what really kind of makes it sick. So I asked Delaney for five pieces 
for base, if she were to hold a Squid Games, what would she? What pieces would those be in order for people to get eliminated? Okay. And I did the same thing for Viola. We went back and forth. You want to go back and forth? Or you want to go this all at once? I feel like we always do this and we always pick back and forth. So I feel like we yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> we always. So which way you want to do it? Oh, okay, oh. let's go back and forth. Okay, so the first one that I'm picking is the Hindemith Sonata. At first, I was just gonna pick one movement of it. I was gonna say they had to do the second movement up to tempo with an accompanist. Um, <laughs> is that hard? I don't. I don't know this. Um, I mean, well, I don't know the tempo marking, but it's pretty fast. I, most people do it under, I would say. So that's why I said up to tempo because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of a lot of people that I've heard do it under, and it's just very yeah. It has weird interests. There are in the I was gonna pick that movement, but every movement is kind of weird because it's hindemith. In the first movement, there is no I think there's no more than three consecutive measures with the same clef, time signature, or I think just clef or time signature. So the either the clef or time signature or both um, changes every at least every three measures. <laughs> so um, I don't know if they're are they separate in this because that's actually impossible. So yeah. no. Okay, um, I don't know. That's why I picked it as my first one because, like, in the grand scheme, it's not the hardest thing you can learn, but it is tricky. Especially, I think the second movement is just very like it's a scherzo, and it is kind of like there's some kind of weird entrances that I think will be um, difficult to do. Um, up to tempo with the with the confidence in the four in the third movement too, because there are parts that literally just don't. I, yeah, that just don't make sense. Like some of the entrances that are just weird to me. My first one is Stamets Viola Concerto because I feel like everyone needs to know how to play Stamets. I mean, to be fair, or or Hofmeister, but like I remember th- growing up thinking that Stamets was such a like a baby piece, but the fact that like it's actually so incredibly difficult to play because classical style just exposes so much of your technique in a way you can kind of hide playing romantic music um so yeah i want to hear your stomachs i want to hear it real good i want to hear it at 110 and um i want to hear your octaves at the bottom of the first page so i mean depending on what edition you use i want to hear your bottom your th- your um octaves okay. at the end of the exposition oh it's not the exposition because the exposition is the triplets you know what she want to hear your octaves in the concerto yeah i'm like i'm over here saying 73 different things good luck i had this one teacher that taught me a cheat and i've been using it ever since um because to do the octaves and keep your finger down or you could do this thing that she taught me and i was like i'll do amy and i've been doing it ever since i'm not gonna make nobody mr taylor i remember when i put it for mr taylor the first time he was like what's your fingering that was interesting i'm like thank you <laughs> I ain't changing it. You ain't gonna bully me. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. I don't have my my Strauss uh excerpt book, but I the next one I picked was on Held Laban. There is um. I was gonna say I was gonna be real trifling. There's one I, I can't remember because we have a couple excerpts from Einhell and Laban. Only have two. Yeah. Um. I think we have like. Nine is a big one battle scene, and then there's like maybe one or two more that maybe. Um, 
but I, I couldn't remember which one it was and I was looking and I was like I don't think I have my Strauss book here with me so like, and I was like I'm not gonna wait the one track it down all I remember is this one that goes all the way up to the C in thumb position and I was like see I feel like there's really an unspoken rule that if you gotta if we gotta go past the G harmonic, which is what marks thumb position for us, if we gotta go past the G harmonic, then this is a solo piece now. Um You're not a right, so because I'm like, why is it and that's why I was like, to make it extra harder, it should be you have to play this in a section. Like uh-uh. <laughs> All of y'all because, line up. Because oh my god, I'm like, I can't imagine I mean of course professional bass sections, but I'm like, if I had to be in a bass section and play this all the way up C and F, you got like nine bases playing this and unison. Oh my gosh, I bet you it's good to sound like when you you know when you put a microphone too close to the uh, <laughs> too close to the amplifier. <laughs> but to be fair, the way Strauss be writing, everybody probably can't even hear him. Right. I mean, the um, bottom so probably, but you know what I mean. Everything's be everything needs to be loud and chaotic. Yeah, so we would have to hear every every on hell nerve excerpt, including the one that's in like G flat or something. Oh, but maybe I'm talking about that one, that because that one do got a whole bunch. It's of like, yeah. I hate, I hate that except I love the OG, like the theme, like you know what I'm talking about, like the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, he went crazy. <laughs> And then he goes, <laughs> no, he went crazy. That's got chills. He did that. Yeah. No, I got chills. Yeah. I can't do got chills from Strauss. Yucky. But right. he, I would love to be in the audience for that. No, I want to be in the section. Not on stage. Really? I would oh, love, oh, my God. There's certain things that are so fulfilling. Girl, I can't play on hell, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I would struggle. Man, I'm, I'm going to rue the day when we have to finally play Don Juan. I want to show you the fingering for I, <laughs> I want to show you the fact that those, like, none of those, like, in that theme, like, those triplets, we're shifting of those, tri- like, triple lit, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> into thumb positions as, at some point. Like, like, nah. I'm okay. And the string, cro- nah, and the slur, no. But you know, I be I be getting irritated when music be too hard. So I, I know exactly, that, I know that I know that's like childish, but I don't care. Uh, there's like a, there's a reasonable amount of difficulty, like you know, especially like what like with Brahms and stuff. Like the inner voices are actually really difficult to play because we got this type of weird string crossings and like weird placements across the strings, all type of weird stuff. But then it's just like when stuff be too hard, I just be I be I I check out. I be like, girl, I'm I'm I'll make it up. <laughs> and is that sustainable f- for life as a professional musician, like classical musician? I I don't know. Um, I haven't had to do it yet. But if I, I if I get irritated, I don't I don't want I want play a little piece. I won't do it. So. <laughs> um, my second one is Mendelssohn. <clears throat> Um, shout out to Jen for cleaning my junk up because my junk is clean. It's not. It's not consistent. It's here. Can you imagine? It's not consistent. Um, so that's T. 
But that that piece finally does not have me in a chokehold. So I hope it doesn't have you in one of you going home. It's on period. And we're playing it in two weeks. And I'm so excited to have a moment of realization to have it being applied to the real world. Because I feel like I'll be learning stuff in a vacuum. All right, next. Okay, um, my next one is pretty brief. It's called uh, Figment 3 by Elliot Carter. I was like, I feel like I should put something very contemporary um, with a lot going on in it. So that's why I picked that one. Because I was like, what's that one piece? Um, but yeah. Mm. Um, my third one is the Rebecca Clark Sonata opening. Because... I feel like you have to be able to, you know, have to, to capture the sound of a violist. And I just, um, very explosive. I never play Rebecca Clark, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I sing that wrong. That's, I sing something completely different, but that's how it kind of sounds. So you should listen to it. You should listen to, listen to, to be a Zimmerman play it as well. Okay. Waiting for you to put some of your recordings out, Katie. Know that you have them. So, hmm. The world may never know. Well, hold on. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? How many times will Delaney ask Katie to post something? The world will never know. Catherine. Mm-mm. There's so many recordings of Viola's. Um there but how many recordings are for you the right amount all right i was just looking up um that piece because i have the the pictures the pdf of it in my google drive because mm-hmm. somebody was trying to get me to play it and i was like i'm okay and he was like well i'm just gonna share it with you and i saw last time i opened it was in 2018 so <laughs> that's how that's going <laughs> which is probably when he shared it with me <laughs> Well, good thing Delaney, um because I wish I could show y'all because what is this you see those letter lines I'm not playing that what you need th- what you need that for I'm not I wish I could that. show y'all um okay my turn my next one is the Prokofiev Quintet um plenty of solos you know I've Oh yeah, the only body that piece ain't gonna hold. Bumbled my way through the opening of the fifth movement with the crazy pizzicato um, stuff, which I would be fine with that because like I'm really not strong. Like I don't understand how jazz bass players do it with that like that really strong pizzicato sound they get and really fast. I cannot pizzicato f- fast. I um, have big hands. Like they don't even have big hands. Like because mm. that part, the opening, that boom 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 boom, like. It's a lot going on. Um, in the, I would be fine with that, but why? Tell me why it's a recurring thing in the movement, so it keeps coming back, so people gonna know when you mess up. It'd be different if it just happened one time. You get, you got one shot at mm-hmm. it, but it comes up like four or five times in the movement. So now when you fall off the fingerboard or you do something wrong, people gonna be like, oh, you know, now, uh-oh. <laughs> now they they used to hearing it by now, <laughs> like, now, uh-oh. um, and it's also a hard piece to get. To, keep together so it's kind of unfair because it's chamber music too mm-hmm. like especially movement three is hard it's hard to keep together um so i feel like it's looking unfair because you might not be the one that messes up that sounds you know how i feel about chamber music 
I thought you looked indifferent. I feel like I'm 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 getting better now because I actually like the people I'm playing with. Is that not the case before? Nope. Actually, elaborate. So, um, you can read between the lines. If you listened before, I'm not even I'm not even trying to hide it. If you listened before, you know how it was last year versus how it is this year. We lit. It's so much better. Father God. Thank God for his grace. All right. My, um, <laughs> because baby, baby, um, my fourth one is good old Don Juan. Um, I would be eliminated. Oh, well, depending on the day, depending on the day today. Yes. Um, but yeah. How about you? What's your okay. Last um okay so my last one is uh an excerpt from the bartered bride i literally <laughs> Blaney, that's not even fair does anyone even know how to play that i was just about to say i'm convinced and you cannot you can't tell me anybody who knows how to play that do we people take auditions with that on it it's not unheard of i've i have definitely heard of someone that can get an audition with that with that excerpt and for what the there are certain pieces for revealers that like if i see them i wouldn't even look at the list i it, wouldn't even attempt yeah. it sorry about it like this like <laughs> first of all i feel like at that point i don't know some stuff like y'all know first of all i ain't know i ain't gonna say that but um i feel like at that point you're just trying to weed people out and it's just like why would you if you don't want to hear good playing i don't there's just so many problems with it yeah, I just feel like I want Smitten to come up here and demonstrate to me what you wanted. Yeah, let's normalize composers being able to play what they write. <laughs> right, show show me what your vision was for this Correct. in eighteen, whatever, whenever the heck. And who was being able to play that? Who was able to play that? Right, between eighteen sixty three and eighteen sixty six. I would love for you to 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 demonstrate. Yeah, come to the front of the class. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't tell me nobody knows that anybody's playing that. Okay, so my last one is not a, a technically a viola piece, but I want to know because I feel like oftentimes we talk about this all the time. Oftentimes, elements of blackness are take are taken as like less serious, less um, less technically savvy, all that stuff. So I want to hear a viola arrangement of neck. I want to I want I want you to play it correctly with the right rhythm and the right inflection. If you don't know what neck is, this is uh Southern University's marching band 2014. It's a little pitchy, I'm not gonna lie, but um either way, <laughs> I, I have to. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to say that. But um, this is what I want you to play on the viola. you to um i want you to play that because i feel like a lot of y'all would be shaking so we would just clean that right on up and have a winner all right <laughs> <laughs> huh, all right ready to move on yep 
All right, so this week we are talking. So Delaney talked about um, was it last week? Was it last week? Two weeks ago, right? What did we? Do yeah, because last mean? week we did off the off the cuff. Remember, because uh, we just started talking and we was like, all right, that's yeah, the episode. Because uh, yeah, not by not by choice. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So we were we were supposed to do like a three part series kind of thing, but Delaney talked about um, Montero, and this week I am talking about Drake's new album, Certified Lover Boy. Okay, so he released this project on September 3rd, and um, I was super excited. I, I like Drake a lot. I like his personality. I love his music. Um, he's one of my favorite rappers, and um, I, I was super excited because I feel like we haven't gotten a full project from Drake in a while. Um, so, yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. It's a long album. I will say, however, that, like, it wasn't my favorite project by Drake. Um and um oh, i'm gonna highlight an idea something that yasmin said actually um uh later on but um yeah it wasn't my favorite project by drake mainly because i know being selfish i know what i like from drake and he it was really i thought it was really like experimental album a little bit drake is a um a artist in my opinion that is constantly like reinventing himself like we remember like the Jamaican phase we remember like the drill phase like he's always like reinventing trying new things um and but he also maintains this like through style of being like super emotional always I think we talked about Drake when we did the the baby episode um super emotional and he's always a victim every time everyone is is Drake against the world um so I think those themes were um were common but I, this this album gave me more um r&b vibes and it gave rap in some ways but i re- i still really enjoyed it and um and there were some there are some songs that there's not as i feel like from a normal trick project there would have been way more songs that i liked i think i only have about four four to five that i constantly play um but what were your thoughts on the album um or thoughts on drake in general like do you listen to drake at all I mean, I listen to, I don't listen to Drake. I listen to Drake, but um, like you mean, like if it comes on, you ain't gonna turn it off. But like, is he on your playlist at all? Yeah, but like Drake, like not like deep cuts Drake, except for like early. Like, there's a couple like really, really early, like like from mixtape days, Drake that I like. Mm -hmm. Um, and then other than that, it's mostly like his popular songs, which are a lot of songs because Drake's very popular. So, (laughs) um, but it's not like. Like I said, I feel like I have real gaps in the past, like, 10 years of music. So, I feel like um, if something is charting and it's super popular, then, like, yeah, I've heard it. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are definitely some, um, I would say most most of his very popular songs, I probably know all the words and stuff like that. But. Period. Um, okay, and what were your thoughts on, on, on the album in general? Honestly, I felt bad because, like you said, it was a long album, and I feel like, like, I think I mentioned this when we were talking about Montero, like, that album was, like, 45 minutes, like, it was very quick, mm-hmm. um, but, if that, um, but I feel like I have to listen to things multiple times for me to, like, really form an opinion, and I just remember seeing a, an hour and 30 minutes, and I was like, I'm not listening to this album three times. Like, oh, girl. <laughs> 
I was like, I'm just not doing it. So I would say most of it for me was just like, yeah, it just sounds like Drake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially since we've heard so much of Drake. So I, I imagine that's a very hard thing as an artist. Yeah. Like when you've been so successful, you're so widely known. You're so, like there's a real balance that I feel like, well, it's not even a balance that you have to strike. It's a balance that people that's kind of impossible and that people try to impose on artists mm-hmm. is like, they want you to be how you always been, but then if you too much how you always been, yeah. then they're like, you always sound the same. And then if you try too much experimental, it's like, what you doing? We like this from you, yeah. X, Y, and Z. Um, but to me, most of it, um, yeah, most of it was just like, yeah, I just feel like I'm listening to Drake right now. There were a couple of things that, um, like that song, what's the song? Let me pull it up. The song, You Only Live Twice. Um, that thing, that one had Lil Wayne and Rick Ross. I personally, I mean, I like Lil Wayne. I don't, um, I felt on, I felt like it was a little, his, maybe it was his voice, but I felt like it was a little out of place on that song. But otherwise, I like that song. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see them have a, like, do a song together because, like, you know, where it all began. Um, and then that song, Fountains, mm-hmm. with Tim's, 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 Tim's. Those were two that, like, on my, like, when I listened through, I was like, what's this? Let me see, you know, yeah. like, to save to go back to. I had to listen to to it in, in pieces because, um, which, <clears throat> I'm normally a straight through type of person, like, with, with basically everything in my life. <clears throat> basically everything in my life, like, I, I like to do everything at once. So if I want to, like, I'm going to get it over with type of person. And not to say I didn't enjoy Drake or I wasn't excited to listen to it. I waited until I had time so I could enjoy it. Um, but when I saw the length and when I, I was doing something, I was multitasking. And when I realized, I was like, oh, I'm only a third of the way through this. I was like, okay, baby, we're going to have to, like, <laughs> come back to this. Um, but I think we talk about that a lot. And I feel like in, unless I just don't have my ear to the ground, these these conversations of like everything they do sounds the same this comes from really popular artists because i find people want to justify why they shouldn't be popular like they want to find a reason like why y'all are whack because y'all don't know real music type vibe like they said it about the baby they say it about meg they say about drake they say about cardi b it's like the people who are super popular for whatever reason it's like oh all this stuff sounds the same and it's just like and i always counter like when <clears throat> i used to support the baby I was a huge baby supporter and I was like people I would always defend him because I'm like oh everything the baby does sounds, sounds the same and I'm like everything Drake does sound the same like your favorite artists they are your favorite artists because they have an they have an aesthetic if freaking most I started writing like four minutes and 33 seconds like y'all would be like what what is this you know what I'm saying like everybody has an aesthetic that they do like that's why we especially like as classical music musicians it's really difficult for me to hear people say stuff like that because it's just like we study composers and like <clears throat> this person writes in this style like Adolphus Hillsworth writes in this style like I know I can expect this thing from him whether it's the same or not I know there's gonna be some type of his personality coming through in this way and then um oh if it's up it's up it's stuck like what does that even mean I'm like you know what it means Cardi B writes music that like you she likes to have fun no one says she's a wordsmith and if it sounds like Bodak Yellow then like it, it sounds like Bodak Yellow which it doesn't but it's really weird to me um <clears throat> so um there are, i had a couple of uh, favorite songs on this one uh one of the first things that oh uh, one of the first ways i was introduced because I, I was late 
um to the party listening to <clears throat> listening to this album but one of the lines that uh that drake went like not viral for but i don't know got popular for was his line like you said girl you're a lesbian like me too and everyone was like why would you say that like and i understand the wordplay but it's just like it's just like that was i was like okay where where did that come from and um and it's called uh, girls want girls with little baby who i love i should work knock on wood because every time i like somebody <laughs> right um so far jack carlos holding up but the reed talked about him and they said the reed With talked the about the tory lanes thing so the reed talked about him and that just means that he's probably like 72 hours until something goes awry um this is one of my favorite songs uh girls want girls uh with little baby Cause it's see-through Yeah, talking all the shit that you done been through Yeah, say that you a lesbian, girl, me too Hey, girls want girls where I'm from Hey, uh, yeah, girls want girls where Girls want girls where I'm from Okay, I have a couple, but I'm going to play um, <clears throat> this song called TSU, which stuck out to me immediately first listen. I loved it. I'm actually going to skip the opening because it takes mm-hmm. way too long to get to the good part. Um, but this is, let me stop right here. Okay. <clears throat> this is TSU. Shoe ladies. She moved out of state and shit then went left. She's seeking forgiveness. She used to dance, but she went alone and started a business. Her daddy is not around. Her mama is not around. I watch her climb to the top of the pole and then get sliding down. I make it rain in this bitch. I make it snow in this bitch. She trying to get out of the mix. Shotty is going to jail. Shotty is going to jail. Me, I'm supporting the shit. This is a story that came from my life and I'm just recording the shit. I'm going to just give it to you direct instead of me throwing the shit. Okay, so before we move on, you wanted to play those songs that stuck out to you? Um, sure. Make sure my volume is correct. Okay, this is... I'll give you a second. <laughs> you got an ad? Huh? You got an ad? No, no, no. It's in my library, but I accidentally pressed play while I was still doing the volume thing, so it was weird. Okay. This is uh, Fountains. How do you know the way I feel? You got me losing my mind. Like fountains, baby. They take me up, they take me down. 
I said you can tell I haven't listened to this since I listened through through to the album because I don't remember none of that. Um, what I liked most is the the featured artists. Um, but I'm not gonna play through the whole thing, you know. Um, so the chocolate here what they sound like but um that's what kind of made me turn my head because i wasn't really i was kind of checking in with the playlist to make sure i wasn't like blending songs together you know like i was you know but um i just wanted to um i don't know play a little bit of that okay the next one that i'm playing is you only live twice which okay continuity because alone the motto um from take care um but yeah, this one is featuring Lil Wayne and Rick Ross. You won't hear Lil Wayne because I think he's last. But no, I'm never gang banging in my blue chucks. Money calling, so I threw the deuce up. Yeah, they plotting on me, but they gotta do something. Told my dog to something just to shoot something. Left them niggas stressed out on the train tracks. Rather you than me, here come that payback. Got him looking for that paper that they can't tax. Yeah, yo, so clean, I told him, call it Ajax. Yeah, I like that song. Also, shout out to Drake. Drake has a song with one of my f- current favorite rappers, Draco the Ruler, called Talk to Me, which is cool. Sorry, I'm over here accidentally playing stuff. I'm putting put my phone down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the one of the things that stuck out to me immediately listening is the amount of sampling that Drake does in this album. Like he samples so, so much stuff. Um, one of them is from Masego, who I actually really enjoy as an, as an artist. He sam- samples, uh, Rick James, uh, like Delaney, uh, mentioned, did you mention it? Sure. No, I don't think you mentioned it. Never mind. But whatever. Samples of Rick James. He samples Montel Jordan, Charlotte Day Wilson, In Sync, and even to the point. Um, I gotta find it because we were supposed to do this a long time ago. So now I gotta scroll. Okay. The way when you just said that, I was like, Oh yeah, what's we supposed to? But then I remembered off the top of my head. Thank God. What? The the sample part. Oh yeah. Um. So even to the point that he samples like, so there's just there's a style of cheerleading. I don't know if people are aware. So there's like your standard cheerleading, and then there's a type of cheerleading called stop and shake, which is um kind of I think from what I've seen and from my knowledge of it is exclusive to like not exclusive to the south, but it's like it it takes place a lot more prevalently in the south and also with black girls and 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 men. But um so there's this. There's this um there's this audio that I'm gonna play for you. This is this is what Stomp and Shake Chilling sounds like. Okay, so he takes that and then he even uses this in a song. And he uses it in his song 7 a.m. on the Brittle Path. And here's what it sounds like. And 
I th- that's so cool. Like he did, he did so many things. Um, here's also a really, really obvious one. I feel like even if you don't know anything about Drake, you don't know anything. This is like this song is so popular in media in general. This one is so obvious. I'm not even gonna tell you what it's called. You'll figure it out. And you know, shout out! I want, I want the, future, the confidence that Future has. Um, I, I, I mean, listen, he, the proof, the proof is in the pudding. You know, he got like eight kids. I mean, you know what? That's true. And shout out to Sierra he's Pudding. sexy to somebody. To eight bodies. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, shout out to Sierra who was delivered. I love that for her. Girl, what? Talk about a one eighty. Girl. <laughs> And you know what? We ain't gonna say too much, but also 180 with Russell too. You know about that? We'll talk about offline because you gonna know. Okay. I feel like it will give you a lot of hope for a certain situation. Can you hmm. fill the blanks? Okay, I'll I'll tell you offline. Um, <laughs> because I I think based on the conversation we had over the weekend and Russell Wilson, there's hope. Okay. Um. So. People were talking about, like, I remember I saw some TikTok comments. People were like, just because he sampled doesn't make it good. I'm like, y'all love to be so contrarian just because people like Drake. I think it's just weird. I think you need help. No one cares about some indie artist that you found that got 26 streams on Spotify. Like, just let people like stuff, you know? But classical um, classical music does a lot of sampling as well. So I still need to pick uh, two pieces to share that um in which composers have sampled other composers works and we can we can go tip for tip like what, what you got okay so the first one i decided to change mine because i just did um and the first one i guess wasn't really it was it's a sample not of another composer's work but just of a song that we all know um and that is uh john adams happy birthday variations because we all know Happy birthday. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, you know, in case you haven't heard it. Um, in case you needed a little refresher um about what that sounds like. But yeah, I'll just play a little bit of it. It's literally happy birthday. But I'm not gonna play a little bit of the original happy birthday. I'm gonna play the the variations. Okay. Right. Okay. Girl, I'm vamping. There's ads. So not vamping. <laughs> Just want to make sure that I'm doing that I got this correctly. Okay, I gotta pull it up.
cute. <laughs> okay, my first one is called Jamaican Roomba. It's a piece by Arthur Benjamin, and it samples a piece. Uh, what is it called? It's a, it samples a song called like. Dang, not me. I already did a presentation on this. Whatever. I, I, if I remember it suddenly, I'll tell you. Like Mango Walk. Thank God. It samples an alleged Jamaican folk song named Mango Walk. I say alleged because there's not one Jamaican that I've asked that knows this that knows this song. Do I know all 2.9 million Jamaicans living on the island? I do not. Okay. I, I, I know I know 10 to I know. I know like 40. But it's telling no one knows the song. However, yeah. it samples this alleged Jamaican folk song called Mango Walk. Um and it's a viola piece. No, I'm lying. It was originally a piano piece. Um, but violas violas play it. And this is William Primrose playing it, so you know it will sound perfect. But here we are. Uh Jamaican Roomba. Also, fun fact, probably already said this before, but Arthur Benjamin received a free barrel of rum every year um, of his life until his death for writing this piece from the Jamaican government because they loved it. They were elated. So think about Ray and Nephew, which is a wine, or Appleton rum. One of the two, whatever you prefer when you listen to this. This piece is so hard. Like, I think even when I play it, I do not play it that fast. This is so noty. Anyway, what's your last one? Or your second one? Um, This is my last one. Yeah, I mean. That's okay. <laughs> I was about to say. You, you, know, you don't have four? No, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so my last one. This piece that y'all have heard before. Battle of Manassas by Juan Tom Wiggins. It actually samples quite a few songs. Off the top of my head, um, Dixie, Yankee Doodle, a lot of American songs because it's literally about the first battle of the Civil War. Um, And I guess most notably um, the National Anthem or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, I'm I'm not going to say it right here, but yeah, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm a safe face. So I'm not gonna say here, but I, I gotta say about that too. The last, Ooh. the last thing you said, cause I'm not pleased. Um, thing I was gonna try to find. I realized I should um probably go to the part where it plays that part of the piece, but that's fine. I'll just play it from the beginning. <laughs> Thank you. 
that was um one of the songs that it that it uses that i actually didn't know which is called the girl left behind me so like literally every i would say the ones that i named were the ones that i recognized that he was using so yankee doodle i actually didn't recognize dixie i just remember seeing that one because i don't know that song because why would i and um i mean y'all can't help but force the star spangled banner down our throats it's literally the national anthem anthem but still so I know that one. I know the tune. I mean, I will say I've been in Jamaica many times. I've never heard this the national anthem played. So. Oh yeah, see, yeah, because you know America. So I mean, I, it's I really had to pledge an allegiance to that flag. I can't believe. Like every day. Every day. Yeah, that was public school. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have many um, feelings about public school that I won't share on here because this is a classroom based podcast. But if you like to talk to me about them, oh, I wouldn't mind. I'm very much on school. Anyway, um, my piece is uh, my last piece is three spirituals for a string trio by Dolphy Wolfie Hailstork. Sorry, just in case, Adolphus Hailstork. Um, and he Bro, I forgot Katie and him. They they best. She got him on speed dial, so she could call him Dolphy Wolfie. That's not true. And I feel like he would send a cease and desist if he found out I was telling thousands of people that I called him that. <laughs> I spoke to him <laughs> once ever. Okay. okay, that's all it took. Bestie Westies, like I said. Yep. Okay. Um. So he takes three spirituals. It's we shall overcome. Kumbaya and great day. I'm going to be playing the first one we shall overcome. it out when Beverly came in but I did want to keep playing a little bit so you could get the gist and it's actually very very difficult to play this because it's in unison and it's really hard to oh father god that whole opening is just very I don't even think we nailed it to be honest because it's like vibrato matching bow speeds matching it's it was a lot I don't I don't don't think we even we even did it but anyway okay 
No, because it was really it was really challenging in a way. How often do we play in unison? The last time I played in unison, like in that, so that kind of intimate setting, was freaking fourth grade or sectionals where everybody was playing mm-hmm. the same notes. You know. Um. Okay, so there's a couple more thoughts on on this. The first thing is, well, you know, the hour's nine. I think I'm gonna skip this one. I can't lie. I can't <laughs> lie. Like my eyes are starting to shut, so I'm gonna skip this one. Um. Actually, real quick. Okay, so uh, Drake releases on September third. Really? It's like time. Oh, I'm mad late because I listened to this like a week and a half ago. I think <laughs> I listened to it. I think I listened to it maybe three weeks after. I just didn't. I was not. Um, I didn't want to listen to it yet. I didn't have time. Yeah. I wanted to enjoy it. Um, Donda was released like four days before that uh, August 29th and I saw a lot of conversations happening about like people are saying Donda's a better record uh, I've heard that a lot of times Donda's a better record and I was and I was I'll, every time I see it besides my obvious bias towards uh, Kanye West that aside I wanna I was curious like who was asking whether which one was better or not and I understand that comparison can be necessary sometimes because it helps us to delineate certain things. It helps us, we use it to understand things better. But I just thought it was really unnecessary because it's not like, I mean, there was some Drake beef, whatever. But even beef aside, it's like, they're literally artists. It's their job to put out projects. Like, who, like, I don't understand where that was coming from. And I wanted to know, and if, if it's like too personal, like, we can move on. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it's just like, what what has been some of your experiences, whether specifically or at large in classical music, and like how you kind of navigated, um, those th- those moments? While you think, I'll I'll say mine. Um, it's kind of personal, but I don't really mind sharing. So I went to, um, in undergrad, I came in with two other violas, which was rare because we had a huge class. That's a huge class. Um, and when you go to conservatory, that that might not be the case because you you'll take in a class of like ten violas or something like that. But um, at a state school, you get three violas. All at once is kind of a huge deal. And um, I was constantly compared to one of the violas, like constantly, because we played at similar lo- at, at at similar levels. And at first, it was fine because we were friends. But when I started to like try to separate myself a little bit because I was actually working harder and like really wanted it. It it started. It was annoying because it's just like I didn't. I didn't like that. I didn't like. I I didn't like that. I'm I'm doing more work and and still constantly getting compared. And how it ended up fizzling out is like I think I finally separated myself so much, and it kind of put some tension between us as well because I just I didn't even want to be like different anymore. But um, that's how that that's how that worked out. And I know that um it's easy to just group people like that, but it was just really unnecessary and. Um, and yeah, and I also think that, um, just another personal note, uh, comparing in general, just comparing yourself to people who are the same age as you, um, and seeing them do things that you were hoping to do is, I think it's a really real emotion, especially in classical music where things are never linear or not, not, not ever. They're rarely linear and they rarely happen the same the way they really happen the way that you predicted it to happen or the way that you wanted it to happen even sometimes so um seeing seeing peers get something that you really wanted or something like that it really kind of 
puts you in a space of like, well, dang, like, what do I got to do to do to do that? Whether it's in a positive, I find myself it's normally in a positive way. I'm like, dang, I got to set my game up. Usually, um, it's rarely, it's for me, it's rarely like, dang, you trash, girl. Um, <laughs> rarely it can happen. Um, but yeah, those are my those are my two. Yeah, I don't have a, like a ton of experience with like being directly pr- compared to other people, especially not in college, because that's very much like. Like, my teacher was very much about, like, the individual. Because I remember some, I don't think you'll remember a particular person in my studio tried to tell me that he told them oh, that, oh, <laughs> that they was God. the best out of their entire, like, class. And their class had, like, ten people in it, like, their particular year. And they were like, yeah, you know, he said that I was the best out of all of us. And I was like, yeah. anyway, I was like, That's not even, he would never even say something like that. I would wonder never how that say person's doing. Like Are they still that. there? Should have graduated by now, yeah. Mm. Good luck. But I was work. like, don't work like that at all. I was like, he literally would never say something like that. But go off. Um, I feel like the closest thing maybe would be like, it was funny because me and my friend, I had a friend who was a violist. Um, in high school, had we're literally still friends, but um, we're both in the same position where like usually you know when they do like seating seating assignments were such like a much bigger deal in high oh school than God. they were such <laughs> a huge deal. i literally do not care anymore like um I, back. I love holding up the rear being in the orphan second stand i'm okay are you kidding i love sitting in the back it's harder to play in the back section but when you wait you know your whole mm-hmm. stand in the back you just chilling <laughs> oh what a dream i love it oh uh, but we had like you know usually i would say usually seniors would of course you know just make it to the front of the section be principal of the section that was just kind of how things worked out because they were you know usually the more experienced ones and had better auditions um but we were both in a position where we both had two seniors in each um in each section like we had two senior bases me and another guy and she had um it was her and another girl and so it was like a little you know well yeah who's gonna get it um and i actually remember because i came in you know i changed high schools and i came into that school in my junior year her her little rivalry had been had been cooking for a long time mm-hmm. me i just came in and took my audition and ended up getting there was one senior that year when i was a when I was a junior and I remember I just took the audition and I got assistant principal. And so the guy who was expecting to get assistant principal just showed up to orchestra one day, <laughs> like on the first day. Uh, and that was the first time we met. <laughs> Cause I guess I didn't know I was going to be there, but so by the time we were seniors, so I guess he was, but our teacher trifling, they decided, okay, we're going to make you guys, both of us co-principals. No. Uh, that's what they did for me and my friend and the viola session and the viola section where basically one of you will be principal in string ensemble one of you will be principal in orchestra and then you switch mm. um and i was just like that's like you switch at the semester that's a cop out <laughs> it's such a cop out um it's such a cop out but i was like you know what as long as i'm principal for graduation i don't care and <laughs> um yeah yeah so i was principal. so basically i went to be orchestra principal for second semester because because the symphony orchestra plays pomp and circumstance and everything at the um at the 
at graduation and so of my senior year so I was like yeah and and he wanted to be for the music gala which is that also happened second semester and I was like well you can sit for the music gala but I want to be like for the rest of the second semester like mm-hmm. but I actually ended up being at the Super Bowl during the music gala so win-win period <laughs> you probably was lit you probably like go play a little Super Bowl Okay. Yeah. yeah you that, play your little music game. Look, that almost got canceled. Right. <laughs> but he was probably trying to make himself feel better. Like, go ahead, play your little, yeah, your little Beyonce or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make himself feel better. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was always such a bigger deal in high school. I can't believe how much we cared about that. High school is so dramatic. Like, everything. Yeah. High key classical musicians in general. Remember, like, at Eastman, like, everything was like a thing. Like, Go relax. Like everything is like, like mm. cold nine, cold red. You know what I'm saying? Like, girl, relax. They made us do like bonding things with our sections because we had to be a unit. Like after, like outside of school, like they made us like, like we had to get together. Yeah, that was banned. I was like, it's not even my primary instrument, bro. <laughs> like, I would be living. I'm like, I don't want to talk to y'all. Well, first of all, I got you know, it was okay, so I can't go. Uh, it was like we did like after school but you know what something good of it came something good came of it because we did a potluck and this guy he bought these burritos when i tell you he started selling them out of the duffel bag after that because i was like bro you gotta start selling these burritos and so i'm the one that put him on to selling his burritos and i literally i'm it's literally to this day the best burrito i've ever had in my life like i've been chasing that burrito ever since i've never had i've never had one better ever (laughs) what we doing now I do not know, <laughs> but he needs to, I need to track him down and I'll be like, you know what? I'm starting to go for me for the seed money for your burrito restaurant. Right. Because he would sell out. Every day would sell out. He would bring a duffel bag full of burritos and <laughs> sell them. That's crazy. But, man. Good for him. Exactly. Oh, Chile. Okay, last thing. Um... So I remember a couple of weeks ago, um, I got into a discussion with Nikki about. Um, okay, so an argument. No, I'm just I, don't, I don't think it was an argument. I'm just kidding. It might have been because I don't. I think because I'm so sensitive as as a person and also like as a violist, I have this thing about like. Okay, so remember, I don't even remember the artist. Remember, I told. I, t- I shared something with Richard and I was like I think he would like this and then he wrote back like a couple hours and he was like oh is this person famous and I was like I think so like yeah like they're well known and he was like oh I'm trying I'm gonna keep listening because I-, I don't see why so I told something to that effect so I told Nikki what Richard said I'm like you believe Richard said and so she listened to the album she was like yeah I can see why you said that like low key like her other projects have been good but like this one was trash and I have a problem with that like statement I know like it was just like it was just talking like, it wasn't like she meant it like any type of way like people have these conversations like colloquially or whatever but it's just like because I understand how much some like I understand how much work goes into making a piece be good or or making something come together like seeing something from like you the time you first read it into performance it's really hard for me to say like any anything is trash like you might not have liked Drake's album because it's so different. It wasn't what you were expecting. But to say that a musician of his caliber would be trash, especially like he, 
especially like so, making an album sounds terrible like i remember cardi b kind of recounted some of the stuff that she was doing like they have to do multiple take i mean any album any i will i watched like some footage of Jeannie neonson making her her recording it's like doing multiple takes cardi b was also pregnant when she was doing her first album so uh, she was saying she was having like sinus problems and she had to keep doing it over and over again because it sounded like she had sinus problems and it was just like they have to go back through and add the ad libs and they have to like make it sound like this and they it, it sounds terrible so he's in a studio for like 14 to 16 months like working on this thing not even earlier because some of the stuff you look at some of the dates it says like 2018 and some stuff says 2019 it's like you gonna call his album trash because like he experimented with some stuff and you didn't like all of it and the album is trash because he sampled a bunch of stuff it's, it's still trash it's like i want to know your thoughts on on calling albums trash or calling projects trash in general because i feel like it's a little dense and i feel like maybe as as artists ourselves we have we're a little bit more sensitive to to that but i, I think it's kind of like a, a, a dense and like stupid take to say that someone's work like something that they put their effort into is trash i want to know your thoughts on that this is the reason why i would be a terrible music critic um and it's funny because i actually do review some stuff oh, now it's very very hard it's it's very difficult for me to do and it's always i just got my edits back plenty of them because it's very very hard it's not a it's not a muscle i'm used to because i'm really like i don't it is very it's gonna be very very rare for me to call music bad yeah because it's so subjective Mm -hmm. and i feel like music has so many different purposes but i really have to come to terms with the fact that not everybody is going to think about music as hard and as um not everyone tries to be as objective and there's no way you can't be truly objective because music is just your taste but like even but there is a way for you to look at it a little bit more objectively like because there is music that i listen to for my own pleasure and then there is music that i listen to just you know like to hear and to and to like talk about or think about or whatever and so even I can acknowledge that it's not my taste but I can still look at it and describe it and and for what it is and stuff like that but it's very hard for me to when I'm doing that say it's good or bad Mm -hmm. you know I I would just say it's not for me but I don't it's very difficult it's very rare that I will say that any type of music is bad because I feel like you know there's just so many different um roles and like there's so many different types of things that music can be used for and people um are so quick to to like put that label and say something oh that's trash i really had to come to terms with the fact that like we just not talking about the same thing like the average person the way they're gonna engage with music it's like people really think that they're being thoughtful but a lot of times they're not they're like you're just talking about your own taste but then they they just think about it as like fact which is just like not true so i was like okay i gotta i gotta see where y'all are coming from which is nowhere so um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really what i had to see because i was just talking to mara about that because we was talking about that cb wonder album uh secret life of plants and how scathing the reviews were I actually just bought a vintage 1980 ebony magazine mm-hmm. where he did the uh he did an interview because that album was released in 1979 and this is like the um the interview that he did with ebony about it or whatever and um i haven't read it yet but i was just thinking about like the i wanted to see how he felt about it at the time and stuff because the reviews were so scathing one of them the headline was maybe his worst yet 
and I always get sensitive about stuff like that because I'm like, where's your album at? That's always my. It, that's always my first thing. Like, oh, yeah. I'm always like, when I hear like, oh, certain project is trash, not his best one yet. I'm like, all right, bet. Drop your album. Where's it at? It's in the drafts. Come on, drop your album. Like, <laughs> and I feel like that might be a little dense because it's like you you don't have to write an album to be able to critique one. But but it's not a critique though. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not doing a true critique. Yeah. They like just like maybe his worst. Bah. one yet. No, where's your yeah. where's your worst one yet then? <laughs> Since you could do it right. better. And also, I kind of just I just can't imagine. First of all, having the audacity to say that about Stevie Wonder. Who are you? And and especially because a lot of people I feel like did not. And that album, like I said, was very very different. It was it was very different. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was instrumental. You didn't even hear his. He didn't even sing anything until about 15 minutes into the album um very instrumental very you know but i feel like people didn't it it was also um a soundtrack for a movie which was about plants Mm. it was a movie about botany so that was already there's already so many things and also stevie wonder was blind Mm -hmm. so he was writing it was just i feel like there was more they were explaining the process of like how he did it, like how he had one person in one ear explaining to him what was happening on screen, and like even when you explain to an extent, you can only explain to an extent because he was born blind, so he's right. ne- like you can tell him what's on the thing, but he's going off of smell and what he hears and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so he, he can't even reference like, you know, like Ray Charles went blind, you know, Stevie Wonder was born blind, so he had like one person in the in one ear explaining what's happening, and another person in the other ear like like counting like the time the timing and stuff mm-hmm. and telling him like the minute details of that and so I feel like there's a lot of things that like that people who don't really think critically about music um just everyday people and and this is actually a separate issue because these aren't everyday people these are literally music critics so mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a little different but like that y'all should understand that like the album the way that it was structured it was supposed to be paired with visual media and i say it doesn't stand alone because i personally i think it does but it still is like context and i feel like the average person like this drake album is a um example like i feel like maybe because we're you know we're musicians and like we see that and we see some of the like artistic process and like how like all the things that one might consider when putting together a project and stuff mm-hmm. that were maybe a little bit more privy to that um into being a little bit just a little bit more thoughtful about how we talk about people's uh work mm-hmm. because most people are just very you know the internet yeah. oh father god yeah i remember like I, also i feel like that's a i wonder if that's a, a drawback that these people at this caliber and like this level experience like being such a huge like creator where it's like i remember um this youtuber i watched her name is Aaliyah's face i adore her and one thing that she's a beauty creator but i think beauty creators have realized that like people really like vlogs people like people like vlogs people like seeing like what you're doing people want to see continuity between their lives and your lives and make you it makes you seem more approachable it makes you seem more human than just doing like get ready with me or whatever so she and also with Aaliyah, she'll do like hour hour 15 hour 30 minute vlog so it, it drives her analytics up it drives her like it, all that stuff so like she did a video where she really loved it was like an ask Aaliyah type thing or something like that and people were like this is cute but where's the vlogs and she's like I really like this video and, and Aaliyah has like 600,000 subscribers so she's like I really like this video and I was really proud of it and it's like I understand that like I'm where I am because you guys follow me you support me 
but also it's like I want to do stuff that I want to do too and it's this really weird feeling like content to you it's it's weird feeling like it's weird feeling like I'm being consumed even though like it's literally my job and I wonder if that's how I mean I doubt if I ever had as many much much money as Drake did like even I've seen Drake's mansion like he basically owns half of Toronto. I literally would never even hear from me. I wouldn't even have social media. Like, yeah, I wouldn't even do what Beyonce does. I was, I wouldn't even. I was just that. about to say, yeah. I feel like if I was that famous, I couldn't even engage on social media. It would be too overwhelming. Yeah, and I feel like he does. He must have his ears to the streets. So it's like I wonder how he feels. Where like he experiments a lot with this project, and he tries some new stuff. And he, he, it, the way it seems, Drake went like out of his way to find these samples. It's just like it's something like, even like the cheerleading thing. It's like that's like really random almost you know he has his method methodology for it maybe if i was more um skilled in talking about rap music i would be able to say like uh, i could draw some more lines but he went out of his way to find all these samples even if whether he did it or not he had to approve them so it's like that even you can take that conversation out and it's like you were on the internet on accident he's like this album is trash and it's like yo like i want i create i rap because i enjoy it i, I hope he does and it's like you guys are consuming me you don't even care about like what i want and it's the same thing with like stevie wonder with like going through that entire process and how labor intensive that had to be um Girl. to do something like that just for there to be a headline about it being my worst one yet and it's like i enjoyed doing this and i wanted to try something new and i wanted to experiment because that's my right as an artist and you're telling me it's my worst one yet like that's that's something really interesting it's something i don't have to deal with with classically black like no one people consume us but we're not big enough for people to be like you know like the, like terrible episode yeah like we didn't like, i feel like one of our more recent experimental episodes was like the christmas one like we never did really did something like that before um with the girl i don't remember it was like a christmas storytelling thing where we had like oh yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like yeah. no one wrote and was like wow absolute garbage stick to the right stick to the listens lately you know like, and if you feel that way please keep it yeah <laughs> i honestly don't care but i i imagine how it would have been if like this podcast was like on npr or something and we tried the same thing and you oh, had people because on the twitter being like what the heck was that or you know and it's just like well we wanted to do that because it was christmas time and whatever and like that's something that we don't have to deal with you know it's just like we can we have the agency to to be artists and to create what we want and have people enjoy it without ha being like overly criticized for it and saying like that was trash even though it's like we're the ones that took like three to four hours to put something together you know mm -hmm. yeah i feel like uh that's what i feel like i hear every other episode uh, so on Trilogy, they're talking about someone wrote into us and someone i'm like people have written into us but not often no it's like one off like one girl got mad at me because i said El elgar was like the best <laughs> i'm like girl elgar doesn't know you <laughs> what the what who was the other one uh what was the other one divorce my divorce does not know you girl <laughs> <laughs> like relax um and like or like that one dude or we've got a couple one-off like one instagram comments yeah. or something like that one dude who followed us because he said we were talking about ghetto rappers like, first of all you're you're black and you said that you have a lot of unpacking to do in therapy uh, like a lot a lot 
of unpacking too. Yeah. Talking about that. This is for serious musicians. I'm like, first of all, ain't nothing serious about this podcast. I don't know what Not you. What, <laughs> what is serious about this podcast? We have, it, it'll be different if we were serious and then we went. Like this from day one, episode one, nothing has been serious about this. It's gotten less serious. Right. So, we we might we have serious moments every year and there, but yeah. it's very goofy over here. Like I promise you. Girl, <laughs> I don't know what gave you the impression. What the classical music part and that's another thing you have to unpack. Why did you think that? Seems like you got better start saving for some therapy. Right. Talk well, to. You think rappers not serious about what they're doing. Unpack it. Right. Like, a lot going on. Um seems like you need to put your therapist on speed dial. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you just gotta for people that big, I mean with the exception of course of Nicki Minaj apparently, then you just gotta mind your business. Cause they keep just arguing with random people. I don't understand how you have the time for that. Don't you have a son? Is he crying? Oh, uh, you know what? She's probably not taking care of that baby, low key. There's no way she's taking care of that baby. Yeah, no, probably not all the time. Yeah, there ain't no way. I mean, I, I mean, right. I can't lie. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you have access to help, like, well, as much help as yeah, she got. Right. Um, but also, girl, I just can't imagine having. Shave me off a piece of that money if you gonna be neglecting it like that. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, bro. If I had Nicki Minaj money, y'all would never hear you from would, me again. You would that for what? I've been seeing Drake on lives. You, if I had Drake money, he even made a comment like to the something to the extent not the comment. It was a lyric. It was like something to the extent of like. Um, don't bother checking, don't bother Googling my net worth. Like, the numbers are way off. And I'm like, that number's way off? Why are you talking to us? I'm talking about not even what Beyonce does. I want to reiterate. Not even what, not even like a little one-two. I wouldn't even do that. You would not, for what? First of all, I don't even want to hear what y'all talking about. It has nothing to do with me. (laughs) (laughs) What's that, um... What that song feels so good by Mason P. Diddy was it? I don't understand language of people with short money. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's checked up. <laughs> it is, I, but I'm telling you, we we don't relate to anything. There's something we relate. We, okay. If I had Drake money, you wouldn't I hear what? What am I engaging? I'd be like, I wouldn't even know. I don't know your struggles. I don't. Okay. <laughs> Who pays for the first date? I don't know. I am the date. Like I don't <laughs> like. I don't, I don't understand. It's my restaurant. Yeah, what, what, what do you mean, what pay? Do you mean no. pay? No, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so like Scorpio rising. I confused. What do you mean? Like I wouldn't <laughs> talk to anyone. <laughs> like some y'all oh be arguing about on Twitter. I'll be like, this doesn't apply. Oh my goodness, I, I, Squid Game. I don't, I don't. You mean the game room? I'm a four no. seven of my mansion, <laughs> <laughs> or the squid that's in my aquarium downstairs. Oh, and also, which one? <laughs> right, because we've got Henry, and also don't forget, Jessica. Don't forget about Bartholomew in the second take. Yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like if I even had that much money, I wouldn't probably even spend it on stupid stuff. Cause I, would, I would just want to. I feel like the luxury of just going to Ross and be able not to just, just pick up what I want. I feel like that would be enough for me. Like I'll probably just live in a regular a regular spot. I wouldn't. But, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't live in a in a mansion like a mega mansion like 
Drake, but I would definitely have a mansion. I would definitely have a mansion. Uh, but but that would scare me. Well, um, oh well, mansion is is relative. Yeah, relative. I mean, yeah, like not like a mansion, like like not a big old thing. Like what he got, where it's like you got twenty three rooms, stuff like that. I'm Why okay. Twenty three. I feel like someone in there. Why would you want it's, that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just too, and it's a waste because now you gotta have help to because your stuff gonna be dead you need people to clean that stuff now you nah i'm okay it's a waste also because it's like you you even have 23 friends drake you know what i'm saying i, I listen i love him i'm just saying like i'm not telling you how to spend your money i'm not in your bag i'm just saying like i'm good with a little my little six six bedroom six bedroom place water fine yeah big backyard so i have my uh Oh, what's the name? You know, because some of the bedrooms going to be other stuff. It could be my office. could be my whatever. Mm-hmm. My office meaning nothing. So, my theater. That I would never use when I had a laptop, so. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be kind of creepy, too, depending on how big it is. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just too jumpy. But also, you can't live around too many people because then they know you got money and now your stuff getting broken into. Like Chris Brown, his house got him broke into something. That's his fault, though. That's because everybody know where he lives. Why, why does everybody know where you live, Chris Brown? Why would you do a freaking yard sale at your house? At your house, you're Chris Brown. Bro. Of course, you're gonna get robbed. You know, there's something, <laughs> you know, there's something kind of endearing about that that he like didn't even question the fact that like it's it's stupid, but it's also well. I mean, he has security too, so I bet you he probably was just counting on that. When one of your security guards will get a sandwich one day and now someone in your living room like 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 they right. were well it wasn't that bad it was oh well, yeah actually it was i mean someone literally broke into buckingham palace so i guess he's not multiple times anything. multiple times that episode creeped me out i didn't i didn't like that i don't know why. well yeah no because imagine you wake up that's similar to i'm not gonna talk about the situation but that's similar to that one situation with that person um where like you she wakes up and there's a man in your room you don't know what he dare to do you yeah, know I actually no i didn't even watch it because it creeped me out the idea of like waking up so, yeah actually let's not yeah oh my god because somebody's in sleep. here bro <laughs> like you imagine waking up at the yeah. foot of your bed someone's standing katie no i'm actually i'm actually sleeping with all the lights on tonight so i don't know what i would do i don't even know if i would scream I could, yeah. What 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 could I do? I probably be so scared by people. Like, so what we what's? I probably knowing me, I'll be so. Scared. I would just go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I would be so stunned that I don't don't know. But I also accept the fact that I'd be like I probably get up the courage to be like. So what's the plan? I'll I'll probably get the courage <laughs> to say that because it's like there's only one option. I'm laying down. You already have an advantage. Undercovers. No bra on. What are we? There's so <laughs> many advantages you had like. Okay, well, what's the difference? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm well endowed, so. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's an obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> it's an obstacle. You know, I gotta put him away. Oh, Father God. We've been okay. on here this too long, because now we've been on here too long. We, yeah. yeah I feel like I would just go back to sleep, though. Because I'd be like, you know what? I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, actually, yeah, I'd be like. And I might even think it's like a, a dream. But also, I hope I never have that. Let me knock on some wood. I hope I never have that dream because I would literally never sleep in here again. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible thing. 
Wow. Anyway, ready to move on? Yep. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Diana Wallace. She is a composer from Wichita, Kansas. Um, and she's currently studying music composition at Michigan State University with Dr. David. Yep, with Dr. David. Um, okay, let me try. Let me try. Dr. David Bendenbender. Oh, that wasn't bad. I don't know if I said it yeah. right, but it wasn't bad. It was, it was a whole bunch of a whole bunch of vowels. Um, and I found out about her from Michael Hall, who I follow on Twitter. Um, so she's a young composer, and I really like this quote from her website. She said, um, "My writing's inspired by my own thoughts and feelings. Getting to write for friends and colleagues, or a combination of the two. I like to think that some of my compositions are as a journal with entries, quote unquote entries." Um, ranging from playful thoughts about my upstairs neighbor to thoughts on grief concerning the death of my father, allowing the audience to step into my shoes for a period of time. So um, I will link her website. You can click around, take a listen to her music, and shout out to you, um, Diana, and all that you are doing. Period. Um, okay, my piece of the week is just something that came up twice in my face this week and that's Holberg Sweet. Shout out to Holberg Sweet. I wish that we got more opportunities for string orchestra. Like man. Beyond. We're playing that tomorrow. I gotta practice that. It's that one lick, that viola lick at the bottom. Yeah. No, not that one. Oh, right after that. Super exposed. It's only violas. I forgot about it. It's like we played it so many times because we've we've been doing the same rep um at various. They got like it's like the fellows and like a couple members of the orchestra and we've been playing this music since like last year but it kicks my butt every time i gotta relearn it what am i gonna do that what am i gonna do that <gasps> yeah i might have to be out here looking stupid um <laughs> i can't even hide it's just me and michelle <laughs> dang i gotta practice that this is not for y'all to figure out okay <laughs> girl we're gonna talk about that um all right y'all if you if you made it this far you should um okay boom (laughs) if you made it this far into the episode when when i post the episode if i ever post it you should um i mean on instagram you should comment the pregnant emoji in the in the comments (laughs) and if you're wondering why it's because <gasps> Katie, congratulations! I know you see me showing. All right. <laughs> you should. This is how rumors start. Oh my god! Okay, so you you want to hear the actual reason? The reason why you should post it is because of the cover of Certified Lover Boy. He has all those pregnant. <laughs> I'm glad that you can you brought that up because that's one thing I don't want to talk about it because there's nothing really to talk about other than the fact that I hate the cover of this album. I hate the cover. <laughs> I hate the cover. Like, what were you thinking? 
I feel like that's it's so ugh. Drake's in that like I could do whatever I want phase, and that's what he decided to do with that freedom. So, um, if you made it this far, put a pregnant emoji in, um, because you know I I, I appreciate you because it's been two hours and seven minutes of nothing but foolery. Oh no, there was some seriousness in there. There was. Um, anyway, thanks for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, and we will use it. Listen, the Bible says, don't faint, Amare. Okay. Oh, that's what it says? <laughs> yeah. I-, I forgot about that character in the Bible. Yeah, Amare. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta read, you gotta look. Oh, that must be in the new New Testament. No, no, it's in the Old Testament. Like after Jonah went to the uh, to Nineveh, he, he mm. didn't want to go to Nineveh. So mm. the so God sent that fish to eat him up. Amari mm-hmm. was there in in the fish next to him. Oh, they said talk right, about it. You gotta right. you gotta get your you know how like the iPhone be up there. You gotta get your new Bible. Yeah, I miss I miss that that day in Bible study. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's why like that's why God sent the fish. Right. Hmm. Yeah, the big fish. He was in there mm-hmm. with Jonah. But so that sounds legit. Yeah, I'm. Ch- of course it does. I'm telling you. What, I'm telling you what I read. I hope that people comment that pregnant emoji because I'm gonna do it too, and I'm gonna be like, "Congrats, Katie." I will literally delete your comments, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I will go and back, go back and forth, and lock day. you out of Classic Black's account, and then I'm gonna report the account. Well, it's only one report. Oh, I got a whole bunch of Instagram accounts. Oh, share. Katie makes it vegan. You know what? I got multiple too, so I'm be like, "Congrats, Katie! Oh my gosh, you just got the news, Katie! Oh my god! Oh my god! And I'm gonna go on down there to Mark Zuckerberg's office, Zuckerberg's office, and make him shut okay. that stuff down again. I'm sure that will that will be effective. Ask Boosie; it works. Only for him. So I feel. I feel like he he kind of. I want to go. So, um, <laughs> oh yeah, eyes black musicians. If you're black, um, yeah, we should start doing. Yep. We should start doing quizzes for people to join. I to join a eyes black musician. What does that mean? Like we should do entry quizzes, like like a spaghetti a main or a side. And All right. <laughs> I thought she wanted to go. <laughs> Is it answer that question? Uh, if I you're listening, if you made it, also is spaghetti a main or a side? I want to hear your thoughts. Let me know. Very curious. We'll have an open forum on Twitter at KB seven twenty seven. I'm very curious. I want to settle this. Oh K A Y B E seven twenty seven. Because Delaney's looking at me in disgust. But I don't care. Because I know my truth. And I know the answer. Alright. You guys say bye to Often the your truths are... Okay, whatever. Goodbye, y'all. I'm about to say, are you going to say bye to the people? Or are you going to keep being mean? Bye, everyone. Whatever. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>